Candace and Ariel are not final girls. Candace is second to last at best. And Ariel is probably the killer. This podcast is intended for ghouls, haters, and Wikipedia summary readers. Listen on at your own risk. Welcome to our twisted mind. If it's not a good look, why do I wear it so well? Pardon me, I'm mistook. Your pretty face for someone else, but you just have to do. Because you see, it's getting late. It's uh, not your final girl from Evil Stars Hollow. It's Candace and Ariel, and we are talking today about monster Gilmore girls, mother daughter <laughs> monster dynamics that are from hell. So, <laughs> which you could argue that maybe the regular Gilmore girls also uh, have that they vibe. They could be, yes. They are also monsters. <laughs> yeah, well. But that's a different podcast. Yeah, maybe one day we'll go into the depths of sinister Gilmore Girls. This just becomes a Gilmore Girls podcast and we just go episode by episode instead. Dude, oh my god. What, would you, guys, heel what turn. would you guys fucking do? A complete fucking heel turn right there. <laughs> what would you do then? <laughs> no, just kidding. Today we are talking about Byzantium from 2012 and Hellbender from 2021. I'll say up top, um... We're talking about Hellbender 2nd, but it's a new movie from last year. So if you haven't seen it yet, we are going to spoil it, I think. Yeah. So, um, you know, just keep that in mind. But yeah, Byzantium's old, so if you haven't seen it yet, you, no should, excuse. you should watch it. It's on Tubi. It's on Tubi. I, I think it's, up? if I'm not mistaken, it's coming to some other major streaming service, and I was disappointed to see that it hadn't yet. It's like coming to Netflix or something uh, for oh. like spooky season. Netflix with their paltry, pathetic fucking offering whenever uh, yeah. October comes around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was Netflix even. It could have been a different one. I was so okay. I'll take any opportunity to, to fucking, <laughs> fucking punch up there at yeah, Netflix. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Honestly, garbage selection. So, um, but no, this one is, it's like one that's like I had never even heard of, but I like just got it on DVD from the library because the cover looked cool. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It was in the library, like, already? You were just browsing? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was shelving DVDs. Okay, yeah. Um, right. Uh, which ends up usually being that I check out yeah. a bunch of them. Written by Maura Buffini and directed by Neil Jordan, who, um, by the way, is also the director of Interview with the Vampire. Yeah. Which uh, I have just watched for the first time this year. That's wild. Um, yeah, me. you know, well, it's because I liked the books a lot, and I okay. just never thought that I needed the movies in my life. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, actually, Interview with the Vampire fucking slaps. Yeah, that's so, good. That's yeah. good. And I guess this dude is just like... He loves those vamps. Yeah, on the fucking vampire circuit. <laughs> can't get enough. To sucreants. Living outside the bounds of patriarchal monster society, daughter Eleanor longs to share the secrets of her past while Mother Clara pushes forward, trying to outrun hers.
My mother did three things for me. One. Come then. She spared my life the day that I was born. Dead. I won't. Two. She paid for my upkeep on her knees and on her back. Kiss me. Why? In celebration of my wickedness. And three. She gave me the story I can never tell. If she lived with a secret, what would you do? There is a code that we survive by Ellen. Ellen has written a story. In her story, she says that she lives with vampires. My mother lives on human blood and has done for two centuries. She is an aberration. We are a brotherhood. There are no women amongst us. We should not permit her to survive. Whore. Do we steal time? We buy it with blood. We've been here before. You've told your little boyfriend all about us, haven't you? No! Where is she? Only those prepared to die will find eternal life. I'm watching this one you know okay so I it is not it's my first time watching it fully I watched it I started to watch it I think it was like maybe a few months ago and then I don't know what happened but something in life happened and I stopped like I, I don't know what the fuck it was but I didn't continue so I it might have been around halfway. I'm not sure. So I had like a really half memory of it. So this is my first full watch. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Like two days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I liked it. I I don't love it. I don't love it. But we will we'll just fucking get into it, and you can prove me wrong or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know. Like I totally agree that this isn't like a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. And in fact, like it's something where. I like a lot of the elements that make it up, and also my first, like, reaction on, like, my, my reaction on watching it the first time was that I kind of wish that it hadn't had such a, like, nicely tied up kind of positive ending, mm, but yeah. um, now that I watch it again, I'm like, but I also do like it. Like, I'm like, I got, I've, like, gotten so attached that it, like, did kind of give me what I wanted. <laughs> maybe, just maybe not what I needed <laughs> out I of think- the ending. For me, like, I'm not, vampires are not, not like I don't like them, but they're not my favorite subgenre. Like, they have to be really weird for me to, mm. to be into them. And this was, like, it felt like a basic vampire tale. Mm. Like, the it, it was See, the Gilmore Girls of I, vampires I for me that, a little. I thought that what a lot of it was doing, like, I mean, a lo- it is kind of playing around with some, like, pretty established, like, vampire tropes. But I thought that, like, the stuff about, like, time and, like, kind of experiencing... Like, I, I don't know, like, like the, the experience, I guess, felt weird to me. And especially, like, a lot of the flourishes, which I guess were totally Neil jo- Jordan's and not... Um, the writer? Not the writer's, yeah. Um, made it, like, kind of There's, like, little bizarre. touches to it. Yeah, and, like, dreamlike. Yeah, there's some things... Well, I mean, I had a true horror experience in this movie, which I can't <laughs> say very often. <laughs> out of, like, the... Out of the part of it that is, like... 
the most. Like, I mean, this scene happens in every vampire movie. It happens in every vampire movie, and yet, never have I been so repulsed in my life. I was watching it, and I was going, ah! No! And I kept, like, minutes after would occasionally just panic. Wow. Well, listeners, if you want to pause and guess what made Ariel so upset, go ahead now. Spoilers. um, What got to Ariel, but... um, (laughs) Well, what it was, was, I don't even, fuck, it hurts to talk about. It was, I don't like the sensation of, like, ugh, like, um, God, the sucking of moisture, (laughs) ugh, through a cloth. (laughs) I can't even fucking speak about it. Oh Um, my god. I can't even, it's too much. Oh, the sensation, yeah, I can feel it. And it's just really repulsive and disgusting to me. It happens in, ugh, yeah, someone does it. Someone sucks blood. I don't even care that it's blood. It's just that it's wet. It could be. It could be water. Okay, so sucking on a dry cloth would be more. That sounds palatable. bad, but the wet is the wet is worse. The sound, oh, and the feeling. She doesn't even really like suck on it, but she just like puts it to her mouth or whatever. It doesn't really it's matter. Just, yeah, just the cloth on the mouth, huh? Yeah, I don't know. Wow. It really got me. Sensory horror. And it was like an old, like an ancient sort of disgust that I have that I kind of haven't thought about in a long time. Wow. And um and there it was, right there for me. Damn. Face my fears. <laughs> it's totally pointless kind of in the movie cuz you're right. I mean, it's just that moment where you're like, "Oh yeah, vampires like blood." Oops, there's blood on a cloth. What you going to do, you know? Like yeah. it's like one of those classic moments. Really throw away, but if you've seen it or you probably don't even remember. Honestly, if you've seen this movie, you're going to be like, "I don't know what the fuck she's speaking about." But it was. It was I didn't huge remember. For me. I did not remember that the blood was on a cloth. Honestly, because yeah, that scene happens in every movie, and I kind of had it mixed up. The scene also like the scene is very like the scene that it happens like kind of at the end of is like one that is like kind of a shocking like it, it feels kind of shocking in that like just this kid like crashes his bike and like fucks up it like. You can see, like, the wound, like, start to pour blood, yes. like, in the moment, like, right after, and it, it bleeds, like, a ton, and it's, like, very kind of, like, yeah, like, it's real like life dripping. horror. It's like very a, scary. Yeah, like this, what, uh, <laughs> he's very calm about it also, in the way that sometimes you are when yes. you realize you've seriously injured yourself. Well, and he's very calm, but he goes home. I'm like, there has to be a hospital closer, he's but like maybe around I'm wrong. the corner from home. Yeah. So I yeah. can kind of see it. Yeah, like, I guess so. Plus, in my mind, whenever I get hurt, I'm always like, maybe I can deal with this on my own and I don't need to consult yeah, a medical professional. That's clearly the vibe. That's clearly what he has done. Yeah. Um, but speaking of, like, ancient horrors, I guess, that is, like, that is what I like about this movie is, like, just the sense of, like, time and, like, kind of, like, trauma, like, echoing through the ages and, and repeating itself in weird ways. Like, it, it definitely works better as a character study than, like, as a vampire lore. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, it's not like there's anything, like, super groundbreaking, like, vampire-wise. I mean, they don't have fangs. This is a weird, this is a weird vampire movie where they don't have fangs. Instead, they have a yeah. disgusting a nail. fingernail that they use to puncture veins. I do really like when vampire lore, like... Uh, gets away from the teeth like we did with the hunger they have like the yeah they um, have the weird fucking onk chain yeah thing. you know yeah. what i hate it actually like i'm always <laughs> like oh god they don't have fangs why would you not have fangs they're so sexy yeah it's it's not practical it's an interesting like you think about it and you're like as a as a point of evolution for vampires why a fingernail or why this and that but i find it more like kind of 
interesting, right? Where you're like, wow, yeah. then they'd have to, they got to suck that blood out. Also, what if you cut that finger off? What if, like, they yeah, at the end had fucking them? cut her finger you're off? You're going to have to go with the fuck. you're going to have to use a fucking barbecue fork or something. Yeah, now, you are, you're you making to... it challenging for yeah, you to a, live. It's a vampire disability. Yeah, literally. And so that would be interesting. No one did that. No one even thought about chopping off a finger. Disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a couple beheadings, though. There um, are some beheadings, yeah. Yeah, this, the violence in this is, like, it's not, uh, it's not, like, pervasive, but it's, it's a bloody movie. There's lots oh, of... Oh, lots of blood, and the blood looks great. Blood. The blood looks great. Um, there's, like, I was kind of talking about the, like, whatever, Neil Jordan flourishes, I guess. Mm. Um, he said, and I quote, The stuff in the old island hut was kind of my invention. In the original script, they had to go to Turkey to become a vampire, to this sun-drenched place, but we couldn't afford to do that. So I said, look, (laughs) let's look at some Irish legends of the undead. And I've always loved the fact that if you know the Irish landscape, a lot of the Christian ruins are built upon pagan ruins. So there are a lot of pagan remnants and there's a lot of crossover. So the idea that these vampires could come out of an old saint's hut was really fun to me, really. It was interesting. And the birds, the spiraling birds coming out of that hut created a sense of a vortex. You so, know what that reminded me of, though? What? It was Batman Begins. Okay, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> a little Batman Begins. Um, I, I still like the island and the hut, but I could not think of anything else except that they were becoming Batman. <laughs> so that's what I was... <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> but it looked cool. The, and then, yeah, the waterfall the water, that, like, runs yeah. red. I guess that was a practical effect. They, so really, they really did, did that? turn it red. Yeah. That's a lot of work. That's impressive. Yeah. It, wow, that's cool. Yeah, um, I thought it would look better that way, and it, it, it looks, looks amazing. Cool. It would have looked probably really bad if, if it wasn't a practical effect, honestly. Yes. I mean, depending, I guess, how much money they had to do it, but probably not a lot. Yeah, apparently this was on a pretty limited a budget. tight budget there. Which I thought, I thought was interesting, because it, it looks great, um, in my it opinion. Does. I mean, partially because uh, Gemma Arterton looks amazing in it. <laughs> um, every shot she's in, she's just uh, magnetic. She's yeah. so good in this, and uh, one who I cannot ever remember how to pronounce her first Cersei, name. Cersei, I Cersei? believe. Cersei, yeah. Cersei. Ronan is her last name. Yes. She's always very good. Um, she, She's great. Like, the way that they both look is, like, so, I don't know. And Yeah, I really like classic vampire shit, so, like, this is totally my deal. And yeah, she looks very, like, her eyes are so creepy and icy. Oh, I like her blue eyes. And the colors are really nice. Like, there's shots in this that are really, really beautiful. The and fucking, like, Byzantium sign. The Byzantium sign's really nice. The old hotel, but also the school that she goes to when mm-hmm. they tra- they move to that city, and there's this scene where I think she's singing... I don't even remember if she's singing at the piano, but she... The the wall is yellow, and, like, the color... It's, it's beautiful. Like, the colors are so, so pretty. And it's kind of an interesting... It's, like, an interesting parallel to me because you have, like, beauty, but, like, in... More, I mean, you in man-made structures because even on the island, right? It is the old hut. Mm-hmm, it's the pagan. Mm-hmm. It's the ruins, and then in Hellbender, you have beauty in nature with that, with right. the absence of the man-made structures. So it's a cool contrast because it's 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 really beautifully shot. It is a lovely movie visually. Yeah, and I mean, like the shot of Gemma Arterton like bathing in the blood. <laughs> yeah, she gets turned. Like you meet your doppelganger and they say some strange cryptic thing to you. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. That you're kind of meeting yourself, but yourself like it's almost like you could. They don't go into it, which I like. It, it's like it could almost be a swap, right? Like it yeah, could be you, yeah, they but don't, something worse, right? They don't really show you. It's, yeah, uh, it's like 
it's left like ambiguous, yeah, and you and you do die. And then, right, and one of the older vampires that you meet like tells you he's like, I woke up and I felt like I, like my soul was gone. I was without a soul, and you're yes. like, I don't know what that means, but it's it's such an interesting. Mm-hmm. But and it is something that like yeah, they they're like kind of the older like whatever established vampires are very mournful about it, and mm-hmm. um, Clara is so happy. She loves it <laughs> too. Like it's like, kind of like she didn't have any value and she didn't see any value in having a soul in the first place. Kind of yeah. Well, her life is very different from. I mean, she steals the opportunity to become a vampire, and her life is very different from the brotherhood that rejects her when she I becomes a vampire. I love so much the scene of them, like, kind of interviewing her. Yes. They're like, oh, fuck, now she's, okay, and we're not technically allowed to kill her, so... <laughs> they, like, ask her, like, what will you do with your power? And she says, like, to defend the powerless and curb the power of men. <laughs> and they're like, uh... And one of them's like, we should not permit her to live. Yeah. Yeah, she's a she's a great, they're a great foil. Also, they have the worst name. What is their name again? Like the Society of like Pointy Fingers or something. Like oh. it's hilarious. He said so, he does say he said like the pointing nails of justice or like something like and that. And it's like, but it's it's funny because like I think they mean it. Like yeah, it he's like, like they're like name? kind of serious about it, and they're like literally cops. <laughs> they're literally cops. Later, yeah, that's how they track her down. Yeah, which you have to assume then that like the brotherhood has like infiltrated like the police department yeah. or something that they're just allowed to be around. They're like SVU except for supernatural shit. Yeah, they're supernatural like, they're victims like the unit. X Files fucking yeah. unit of the police department. Exactly. <laughs> Except for instead of like, because X Files is like they eventually are like, oh, authority sucks. But these True. people are like, we are the authority, motherfucker. Yep. It's all good. We are investigating the supernatural crimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like that. I like their cops. That it feel like the characters. There's interesting moments. I just like the trajectory of some of these characters for me is frustrating. Not necessarily the central characters, although Cersei's character. What's her name again? Eleanor. Eleanor. Eleanor Webb. Eleanor is frustrating to me as a character. Um, I don't like the fuck boy that she has a relationship with. <laughs> Hate him. Um, and then I I don't like that the one cop guy comes around because he's a good cop TM. So there's I am like yeah the ending mm. is just um, yeah the yeah. ending is just not like does not give you what you need. It doesn't give um, me what I need at all. And I mean, uh, but especially like because the dynamic between them in the first place is so interesting where like Mm -hmm. Eleanor is just dying to be able to live authentically essentially like she wants to be able to tell people and I mean I do think it's kind of it's like about trauma because like both of them have had these horrible things happen to them and Eleanor just wants to tell people like she just wants to like be able to tell her story and mm-hmm. Clara is not interested in that at all. Like, she's kind of just constantly on the move. And, and like, kind of has her own code, like, as far as, you know, she doesn't... She's not welcome, like, in the Brotherhood. But she has her own kind of, like, established code for how to be yeah. some kind of eternal being. Right. And it does not include telling mortals about herself. Like, she's just not interested no, in that fucking shouldn't honestly yeah, and like, she's good on her <laughs> yeah well, yeah and that's like and eleanor's like such a this is also a very like louis and lestat mm, yeah dynamic yeah where, like you know she's eleanor's just never completely accepted um that they are monsters like she doesn't want to live her life that way well and she she takes on like 
you know, she takes on kind of that angel of death sort of vibe, right? Like her whole thing is like she finds people who are ready. Um, and I, I wish that they had kind of challenged that a little bit more, I guess. Like I wish that they had, cause I think, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I felt like the movie wanted to be like, yeah, she's like morally in the right for that. And there are moments like where she'll, she'll kill people who are older, who, who do want to go. But there's that scene where she's talking to one of the teachers once they're, um, they got a hold of her writing and the teacher's like, well, why don't you just kill me right now? If you're a vampire, really, you could overpower me. And she's like, you're not ready yet. And it's really sinister and creepy. Mm-hmm. And you're like, like, almost like she's talking about a fruit that's not ripe. Yeah. <laughs> and that yeah. I loved. But I'm like, I wish we saw more of that. Like, there's something about her, like, despite her best intentions, immortality has made her inhuman. And she sees humans as animals or as right. fucking And I mean, meat. yeah, and it's kind of the same thing with, like... Clara honestly does not kill, like, indiscriminately either. No, like, she, she doesn't. She mostly kills people who she judges to be, like, bad people who are preying yeah. on the weak. Or, um... Or aren't gonna or be just, missed. Yeah, people who, um... But they're often people who would have fucked her over in, in her actual life. Yeah, like, people who have kind of, like, violated her... Uh, people who are, like, against the code that she lives by. Yeah. You know, and then she's... They're, they become, like, expendable. Yes. Well, I mean, like, the drug dealer guy who was pimping women out. I mean, and the irony is, you know, I mean, of course, like, she grew up and and was forced into prostitution. So, yeah, it makes sense that she'd go after people like that. But then she also is running a prostitution Right. She's kind of just repeating, like, the same cycle. Yeah. Which is interesting. I I really like her. She's a really interesting character to me. Like, I see a lot of nuance in that. And I think it's explored pretty significantly. I wish it was with Eleanor, and I just feel like it was not super explored enough for me. They're good foils for each other, but I wish I saw something that, like, Eleanor felt like she was complicating the, the morals, you know? Because Clara's, yeah, like, kind of exists in the gray. They're, like, their stories end in such a, like, tied-up Like a woo-woo place. sensibility. We, yeah. all, we, got, we got men now. Yeah, we don't it, need each other. It's very heterosexual. It's very Disney. Come on. But... But, yeah, it also, like, to me, like, the, this is a, a lot of the fun about vampire stories, too, is seeing someone who has, like, an old world kind of attitude, like, someone who comes from a different time yeah. who's trying to live in modern times. And I feel like a lot of the time vampire stories do not make this work at all. Uh-huh. Like, a lot of the time they're, um, like, the way that they're kind of looking at the world and speaking, like, just does not, like, make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. But with these two, like, it completely makes sense. Like, you know, that they they just are, like, living as if they are still in the time when they turned. Well, and I like that they show, like, the way they show the past, like, with Eleanor kind of coming up against it in ways is, like, I like the way they film that, you know, because it'll just shock. When you first see it, you hear singing and you see people walking down the shore and they're in weird clothes. You're like, is this like a weird, like, Dickens reenactment right now? (laughs) But then you see her and you're like, you know, my brain at first was like, does she have a twin? What am I seeing? She's just seeing a memory and she's like, we've been here before. Yeah, this is also interesting is that they've kind of, first of all, they're in this like kind of town that seems to be like in the off season like it's probably popping in the summer it reminded me of um, st Maud a lot the setting yeah totally yeah, that beachside carnival yeah, yeah it's got a lot of the same kind of aesthetics yeah and mm-hmm. they are literally in the place where they used to live and right um, and at one point in the beginning eleanor says like we've been here before and clara's like what are you talking she about? Doesn't remember. she doesn't even remember which is such, which is perfect for their characters because mm-hmm. yeah, Eleanor can't stop thinking about the past and 
and Clara does could not give less of a shit. Like she does not yes. she is not interested in that. So that's a neat like little little moment to show. Because it's pretty early on in the movie too. You're not like fully sure about that, but it helps you kind of see their character. And they I mean the like dynamic they end up setting up is interesting to me. It's kind of something where like you kind of see how like Eleanor has like some rightful questioning of how Clara lives her life. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, Clara sets this up for them. And like at, at one point, like this is also like, I just love Gemma Artisan's performance in this. Mm-hmm. Like she's so fucking like feral. I love her. Yeah. <laughs> she does so point, good. She like topples into, she like crashes through the windshield of a car, like screaming, yes. my baby. And it's like, it's, <laughs> it's funny to say, but like it totally works in the movie. Yes. Like she's just a, it doesn't feel like a caricature. It's not, like, silly. She's no, just... and she has this crazy fucking Cockney accent, too, mm-hmm. which, like, still doesn't even... It feels like a natural part of her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, she's super unhinged. Like, she's, like, just a... She's, like, a wench, like, <laughs> in modern times. <laughs> and it completely works. Yeah, but yeah. But she says at one point, like, during this kind of crazy, like, uh, mounting action climax, like, that Eleanor can't survive on her own. Which I guess she changes her mind about, like, immediately, which is kind of one of the reasons why the ending does not actually make very much sense. Yeah. But, yeah, it is kind of, she sets everything up for them. It's not, um... That's the thing, like, like Eleanor does not help them Eleanor by. doesn't do anything. She mopes around and, like, writes her story and throws it out windows. Yeah. And she, like, wants to go to school... And mm-hmm. Clara doesn't really want her to do that for obvious reasons. <laughs> well, it's also, I mean, I get, like, if she's lonely, you know, and Clara is, like, connecting with people, although in kind of a seedy way. But, mm-hmm. like, Eleanor... Yeah, like, she gets a boyfriend, like, one second into being in this town. Well, yeah, like, literally, she and she is that type, right, where she's like, I cannot be alone, I cannot function alone. Like, Clara's right. Like, she couldn't survive on her own. She needs somebody to fucking take care yeah, of her. and it's kind of because she's, like, still 16. Yeah, that's, I know, that's that's what's interesting about her, is, like, she has, because it's like, you, you've been this way for, you've been this way for a long time, so do you really want to... You want to go to school? I would be so fucking tired of 16-year-olds if I had been 16 for, like, you know, 100 years or however long I'd been fucking 16. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's funny how she gets kind of stuck that way. I mean, she has, like, traumatic shit, though, as part of it. Like, yeah, she I, has I, some traumatic yeah, shit. Yeah, I mean, and I think, like, this partially works as, like, kind of a, a comment on how trauma, like, traps you in this endless cycle. Yeah. That is also just, like, this long... March, like, you know, yeah. she says something like, like, Eleanor says a lot of stuff about time. Like, at one point, um, the dude that she's whatevering with says, like, what kind of time do you call this? Because she came to his house really early in the morning, and she says, linear time. <laughs> <laughs> she also just says something about, like, eternity is so long or something. Like, she's just, like, yeah, kind of enduring, like, the moments marching forward. The guy who, I wondered why he was familiar, the... The guy, her love interest. Oh, yeah. He's the brother in Get Out. Oh, my God. Yeah. He's such an unhinged man. Like, I wonder what he's like in real life. He always has a scary demeanor, and I'm always afraid of him. And he looks like... But he's like... I I will say, I think he's cute in Byzantium. I like... I get it. 
I get it. At one point, Clara, like, when she, like, sees him for the first time, she's like, oh, you look like someone Eleanor would be into. Yeah, <laughs> she literally. She not as a compliment. No, it's not a compliment. Um, I like his outfits. He's got... Um, He's got good style. Good style, but God, what an annoying little boy. Do not like him. <laughs> um, He's like a little pale ghost boy. He's a pale ghost boy. He's a little scary. Yeah, I don't know. It's... I, I liked, there's one scene I liked with them where I, f- I felt like the chemistry was really good. And I don't care, they don't need to be compatible to, like, get together. Like, I, I don't need everyone to, like, be, but, like, I liked the chemistry in the scene where they're at the, they're at the shore. She says the thing about the secret thing and they're, like, about to kiss. Like, that mm-hmm. scene is, like, it's great. Good. That's yeah. a really good. And I, I mean, like, he's a shitty teenager, so he's gonna be a little shit. Like, that's just part of the vibe. Yeah, and Eleanor's also a little shit, so they kind of work together. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna... They're gonna fall off a cliff or something. There's just, there's no way they're gonna fucking make <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, this is kind of like whatever in Pride and Prejudice, where like when Jane and Mister Bingham get together, that Mister Bennett's kind of like, oh, they're gonna get fucking cheated and yeah. like swindled all the time because they are too they're too nice, too nice. These people are not nice. They're just stupid. Yeah, they're just well, they're like idiot teenagers. Yeah, which is why like they're like, oh, they're gonna go off on their own now, and you're like, okay, well, good luck to them. I feel like that guy is actually not going to do anything, and then Eleanor's going to be like, oh, shit, like, I got to steal money and stuff, and then she's going to get all bitter and be like, I don't want to take care of you. I need someone to take care of me, and she's actually going to, like, break up with him or something. You have to wonder what's (laughs) going to become of these people. Like, what's up with, like, like, Clara and old boy who, like, don't even really know each other at the end, kind of. That was a weird setup, too. That felt like, um, in a rom-com when the, when the, when the best friend gets, like, catches the bouquet at the wedding yes. and like winks and at the like, guy next like to her. Like makes eye contact with someone and, and you're like, like oh, I guess okay. they're in love I guess now. That's, something. that's how that works. That's how I felt about the end. Yeah. The ending is disappointing. Well, and I thought it was taking such an interesting turn, like I don't know, like three quarters of the way through maybe when the fuckboy Eleanor's dude turns in her paper to the teachers and then is really mean to her and shit. And I'm like, oh, I feel like this is much better. Like, I like the idea that, like, the like, I think the metaphor works where it's like, hey, I'm desperate to tell the truth. I'm desperate to let people know what's going on with me. And no one believes you is also works for trauma. Right. But like, mm-hmm, it's such mm-hmm. an it's such a good, uh, nasty little twist where it's like, oh, OK, like she's she's trapped. Maybe she can never be. This is what this is what comes of it. Right. Like people won't believe the truth. Right. Well, and that is exactly why Clara is trying to yes. prevent her from doing it. No, Clara knows. It will blow their fucking life up. But then I feel like that happened and we were kind of sitting in that for a second. And I was like, this is cool. Yeah. But then we st- like that stopped. Like he's suddenly like, yeah, I guess you're a vampire and I want to run away with you forever. You're the love of my life. Yeah. It just. And I know like they had alluded. They mentioned that he had up. cancer. Yeah, but it's supposed but to be in remission? remission, but then suddenly he's like, well, I'm dying anyway. It's wild. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I know that cancer can come back. Like, I understand. But it didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's some stuff there for me that I'm like, it could have been, it could have been a slam dunk. And instead it's not, but it's doing some interesting stuff and it looks really pretty. So it is you know. very beautiful. I really like the dynamic. I honestly, I love the, like, I love, like, the climax, like, in terms of, like, just shit popping off, like, yeah, the 
the elevator thing, which, like, oh man, poor God. Noel. We didn't even talk about Noel, who I love. We didn't love. talk about Noel, who is awesome and, like, problematic favorite. Such a sweet man, and the moment you see him, you're like, oh, he's gonna die. He Literally, <laughs> he's yeah. He's fucking toast. He's like a little <laughs> lamb. Um, I love Noel so much. Wow. He was such a great character. He felt so very British to me. Like, yes. so, like... Yes. Like, just a certain vibe to and him. And he, like, he's trying to, like, he's trying to intervene in a way that actually makes sense for the dynamic between yeah. uh, Clara and Eleanor that he understands. Well, and he's operating on such a different level because, and the funny thing is that Clara, w- like, would not hesitate at all to, to kill him. Like, and is not sad at all when he, no. when he does end no. up dying. She was using him. Yeah. And you know what? It just seemed to have been working for him, so... It was fine. fine. It was fine for him. I think Eleanor maybe felt a little bad, but I'm not, I'm team Clara, so I don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. I don't care if Eleanor exactly. feels bad. But I do love Noel. Like, he was just very sweet and, and funny. He was good comic relief, I think, too. Like, intentional comic relief. Yes, yes. R.I.P. Yeah, and R.I.P. to the cool boarding house slash whorehouse slash hotel or whatever. Loved it. Um, wish that place were real. I would go to the bar. Yeah, that was a really cool hotel. Yeah, if anybody wants to open a Byzantium for real. Dang. I would super go. Yeah. <laughs> Goth Vampire Club Byzantium, hello. Hello. Maybe I'll have to do it myself. We'll find out. You know what? I will find out where it's going to be streaming, and I will put it in the notes, but I don't know right now, so. We're moving on to Hellbender. Written and directed by John Adams, Zelda Adams, and Toby Poser. Two witches living isolated on a mountain. Izzy explores the woods alone and discovers her powers while Mother tries to keep them secret and separate from the world at all costs. Magic comes from the fear. Fear of death. Every living thing has it. The more fear pumping through the blood, the more power. Made a worm. Are your friends okay? You've opened a door that, once it's open, it can be hard shut. I shouldn't have kept this from you. It was a mistake. Liar. I know the truth, Mom. I did what I was taught to do. Winter eats fall, fall eats summer, summer eats spring, and spring eats winter. (laughs) What do you smell? I smell a man. You know why we're called hellbenders? Because we're feared. Have you been in my dreams? If you break my heart, I'll devour you. If they want to believe in hell so badly, I'll give them hell. I just want us to be people. It's not a gift, Izzy. Then why was it given? I'm not afraid of you, Izzy. You will be. This is, this was honestly, like, this was not even in my top five of 2021, but watching it again, like, I really, I, I really vibed with it. Honestly. I liked it a lot better the second time. I liked it the first time a lot. I liked it even more the second time. I don't know. Really good. Yeah. Really impeccable vibes. Um yes. Also, I will say the production of this made me, like, love it so much more. <laughs> Literally, the directors, well, uh, John Adams and Toby Poser are a married couple, and um, their kids played, their kids, um, what is Zelda and Lulu, um, played Izzy and Amber 
respectively, and yeah. they and John Adams played the uncle, <laughs> the poor sweet uncle. Yes. Such a theme of like sweet goofy men. It's true. Meeting terrible ends <laughs> in these movies. Oh my god. Yeah. So they just they made it, I guess, during COVID lockdown, on their property. And I feel like they started right before. I think. I think the scene, like the scene with the. At the pool, I think, with more people. Mm-hmm. I think they had filmed actually before the COVID. Oh, okay. But COVID made them change. Like, they were going to actually have Izzy going to school. Uh, they had oh. talked about having a romance element with Izzy, mm-hmm. which I'm, like, really glad they didn't have. Um, I think it was really strong yeah. to have, like, an isolation and just the mom yeah. and daughter. So, Interesting. Like, Constraints by yes, pandemic. They, they, they rolled with it. Yeah. And, like, yeah, every... Everything I, like, learn about the making of this movie is, like, yeah, it makes me super, super into it even yeah, more. Yeah, family production, so fucking charming. And the music rips. The, the music, music is, is so insane. good. I forgot how good the music was in this. I was, Which yeah. I will say, I also really like the music in Byzantium, even though it's very basic, spooky music. Okay, music. yeah, I yeah, love yeah. the little piano. But this is, like, um, talking about it this time when I watched, I was, like, it reminds me of Veruca Salt a lot. Mm-hmm. But then we were saying maybe Veruca Salt meets Beck. Oh, okay, and yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Like Waxahachie kind of. In yeah, there. yeah. So, but it's it's so fucking good. The music itself is just so good. Um, and then fits the vibe because sometimes they'll just have the music kind of playing under some scenes, and it's I love it. Like I I literally like am go- I was googling right now. I think they actually no. They had a pre-order for something, but it was it's sold out now. Oh no! Ah, I want it. Shirt. I want it. Um, <laughs> I want the I want the like the record yeah. of this. Yes, but like not the CD. Like I want the fucking record because I'm insane and that's what I want. <laughs> so I'm gonna put my my name in the thing. So if it's back in stock, Girl ever, they're now gonna signing up me. for restock notices mm-hmm. on Hellbender merchandise. I want it so fucking bad. Yeah, just the aesthetic of this movie is great. Um, And, I mean, the performances are all really good, and it's mostly, you know, Izzy and Mother, um, which is totally, like, totally makes sense that they are really a mother and daughter. Yeah, they like, they look alike, mannerisms are similar, and, um, and yeah, I mean, the, the rapport is super there. Like, it's just already there. Yeah, you feel it. Yeah, exactly. And it's so, like, normal family shit, too, because, like, I don't know, like, I'm trying to figure out what I mean by that. Like, I mean, like, you can have a fight, but then the way it's so matter-of-fact when she's like, hey, I know you're mad at me. Let's go hang out. Yeah. It's like, you can't do that with, like, many people in your life, but, like, usually with your family, you can. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, and I mean, the way that Izzy, like, she just strikes this, like, chord as, I guess, like, just this kind of sweet and sheltered teenage Mm -hmm. girl. Um, Which but gets that, very scary later on. Yes, but that also has, like, you know, that um, is thinking about the world and coming to her own yeah. conclusions. Well, she's super smart and she's growing up and kind of gets, full, like, she gets into something that is not, like, that's it, it's inevitable, right? It's like fucking a Sleeping Beauty, like, touching the, the fucking mm-hmm, pinprick. Mm-hmm. Like, it's gonna happen, right? You can't, like, and I like that about this because this movie is, like, totally talking about, like, you know, parenting, trying to protect your kid from, like, you can't protect your kid from everything, right? But um, also maybe sometimes that instinct, like the nature versus nurture, like maybe it's a futile in- instinct and potentially harmful. So it's good. It's a good yeah. one. And it's like, I mean, 
Izzy's coming to some, like, conclusions about, like, good and evil that, I mean, mm-hmm. she just doesn't share her mother's values about Mm-mm. what those are. And um, kind of with, like, some pretty serious costs. Like, I mean, you know, just as a person, you understand, like, maybe good and evil don't exist, but, like, you know, hurting other people, that does exist. And, like, it's kind of something where I feel like it gets into, like, territory about if you want to keep your kid from knowing about things, mm-hmm. it's one, it's not going to work. And two, when they finally encounter them, they're going to come to conclusions that are like misguided. Maybe. <laughs> like they're going to like not completely understand what they're looking at. Yeah. Well, and she's totally isolated Izzy from people. So when she decides that maybe people don't super matter, that kind of makes sense because right. she has not, ever had like friends and people she could grow up with besides her mom yes so she's able to have that like exceptionalism like pretty easy right like sheltering someone from something doesn't mean that they're never going to encounter it it just means that when they do they're not going to understand it at all very relevant for a book banning the book banning Mm, conversations that keep happening um (laughs) that's what came to my mind keep happening i mean we're both book people yeah often yeah but yeah it's it's just this movie is like it's also really beautiful so byzantium was beautiful this is beautiful i guess they did you know they they did their cross-country road trip during covid and so just shot kind of across america that is so cool yeah like the dream sequences or the book sequences both Mm -hmm. kind of are a mishmash like they're just everywhere like all these beautiful spots they went to the the scene with where izzy's perched on the light pole Mm -hmm. because it's crazy like they did all their effects and shit like mostly in-house like i think they have a visual effects group that did some stuff um but like the shots and and stuff like that that's them there are some really fucking cool effects yeah too like the key through the hand oh that's fucking cool yeah so gross looking and awesome and the sound with the squelch yes the sound is good the sound is really good which is not surprising because there's music they they like have a musical project so they understand how sound works exactly yeah but yeah the like the face like transformation in the end yeah like there's a little like detail of like her eye kind of being wonky (laughs) and going back into place that i was like i love that <sighs> attention to detail and i i like the end i was the ending kind of struck me more this time about mm, the family dynamic of these two and how the the power table like the power tables kind of turn at the end right mm-hmm. where the daughter's the one in charge the mom is afraid of her honestly but yeah i mean the, the mother and the intestine beg her yes. for her life and and in the end like izzy is at least at the moment like uninterested in killing her mom and like doing the cycle but that that reversal again, like, they go right back to that family dynamic, which is so fun because it's like, oh, weird witch shit, but also we're still mom and daughter and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you I'm going out, what do you want? And, like, the mom, that's, it's funny because, like, they do have different, like, they see things differently, they see the world differently, but I feel like the mom doesn't necessarily hold that morality as, as tightly as she thinks she does. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, fear is part well, of it, the, but... The mother does kill someone. I mean, yeah, you know, kind she of, does. like, out of... Which uh, Izzy points out. Yeah, like, I mean... Izzy's aware it, of the hypocrisy. Theoretically out of necessity, but did she really need to do that? Probably not. No, he seemed fine. Also, if you have magic, like, can you make him forget or some shit? You really have to turn him into dust? Mm-hmm. Like, so, so Izzy knows, I think Izzy calls her on her bullshit a little bit, 
And I think, like, at the end, like, the mom is afraid, but she also, like, loves her daughter more than she gives a shit about other people. Which I like as a metaphor, because I think that at the end of the day, like, most of us can say that, right? Like, for the most part, you're going to care about the people you care about, and when they turn out to be problematic, you're probably not going to give a shit. Like, there's, it's rare to have someone that has moral compunctions that they hold above the people right. in their life. Yes. Um, so, so I love that kind of turn at the end. Um, I don't know. I thought, I thought that was fun because I mean, other movies might have like some sort of epic battle or this and that, but with this, like we see how thin the moral line is and how easy it snaps with the mom. And she clearly like, Izzy's very curious about her mom's upbringing and, and the mom like doesn't really go into it, but it's clear that she comes like, it was really traumatic. Yes. Like, she came well, from an abusive household. And you see, household. you know, at the, at the beginning that, like, they're, they're hanging this woman who then we come to assume, I think, later is the mother's mother. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, she's, uh, like, yeah, she won't die. Um, there's, like, obviously, <laughs> like, and, yeah, she's, she's being, like, she's being executed. Like, yeah. I, you know, supposedly as a witch, but also because she did something yeah. terrible. Yeah. Well, and I wondered it was a whole, the, um, the, the group that was doing it was a group that was, that was all women. Yes. So my, my thought was that it was, I don't know if this is correct, but my thought is, was that it was other witches. Oh yeah, it could be. They're all kind of witchily dressed. I don't know. I don't know if that's the, that's what I, that's what I always thought. And this time I was like, am I wrong? Are they just like regular villagers? Yeah, because there's no way that you'd be having like a witch hanging if she's all women in, in like a kind of Salem capacity. Right. There'd be, there'd be dudes and it's just the women. So I, I feel like that's kind of a, they don't, they don't address it outright, but the, the thing of isolation it's like this generational isolation that has never been rectified, which Izzy, I think, is reacting to. Right. Because she wants to know about her mom and she's she asks questions that don't outright say, but the elephant in the room is, well, where are the rest of us? Why aren't we mm-hmm. fucking with them? And I feel like it's because they've been fucking ostracized. Yeah, that makes sense. And it is kind of, yeah, you're right that like it seems like an echo of abuse that, um, you know, the mother's reaction is kind of like, well, our our nature is evil and we have to like live our lives kind yeah. of correcting that. Especially if it's like, you know, the beginning seems to be kind of harkening back to like Puritan times. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just kind of, uh, that's one of those like kind of old world mentalities that like mm-hmm. she's brought into this like modern age where like, yeah, Izzy has no reason to, Izzy doesn't fucking believe in God or whatever. No. Like she has no reason to. Yeah. So, um, so the conclusion she comes to, they're not like, wrong or, or like you know like the philosophical kind of ideas she has are not wrong it's just uh she doesn't have the full context Mm-hmm. yeah and i mean in that vein like yeah maybe having her grow up around people would have been dangerous but like it probably would have been worth it to seek out a community of people that you belong to and you didn't you yes. know intentionally yeah. so yeah, and as it is, like, I mean, uh, it's also, like, her relationship with Amber is, like, so interesting mm-hmm. and, like, real feeling where, like, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I think a lot of people, especially, like, people who've grown up very sheltered, I think, have had these, like, kind of growing pains and, like, having normal friendships and, like, relationships yeah. where, like, you know, you you don't know how to behave. And, and people react Yeah, and poorly. especially, like, you know, if you're a teenager, other teenagers are not always nice about no. it. No. Um, <laughs> no yeah it's something I, I mean it's also like it feels it's funny to know that they're like sisters <laughs> i know 
<laughs> it feels very gay, too. I um, know, that's the thing. I was thinking about like, this side, too. She keeps her hair clips. And, yes. Like, plays with them. Like, Well, and Amber has to feels... tell her. She's like, hey, I'm not gay, but I got friends I can hook you mm-hmm. up with. And, and she, yeah, she's so, like, fucking, like, confident and brassy, and it's, like... Yes. Um, and, and, you know, the second, like, Izzy starts being weird to her, she's kind of like, leave me alone, never talk to me again, and... Yeah. That, like, you know, that rejection is, like, very not fun. The setup is, like, there from the beginning. It's, it's funny, like, she says, I ate a worm, and, uh... <laughs> The mother immediately says, are your friends okay? Yeah, that's her first fucking thought. Uh, which is uh, totally correct, as it turns out. Um, yeah, I didn't... You know what? It hadn't really, like, occurred to me. I guess I knew it, but it didn't, like, stay in my mind the first time watching it that she tells her mom that she ate a worm, but, like, she actually has, at this point, like, tasted human she's blood. She's a man. Yeah, yeah, so she has so much more power than she's letting on at this point. Yeah. Well, and, like, when her mom gives her stuff and she's, like, kind of disdainful of it and trying to, like, up it to something else, you know, she's like, can we have a hedgehog? Like, do I have to have these, like, little... And Yeah, it's also funny to me. Uh, they're, like, eating fucking, like, potpourri. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> like... Yeah, they're eating bark they and shit. They eat bark and fucking pine, pine cones. Um, because they can't eat living things because yes. it's like it makes them too powerful. Yeah. I love that concept. Honestly, like the system of magic in this is really great. good. Well, because it's not even like what she explains is like it's not the life because that's kind of a common thing, right? Like it's the fear, right? So she's like living things have fear and that's what we that's what gives us power right, everything fears death yeah and nothing fears death more than a person yes and that's like her argument for when she gives her you know maggots like she calls them like her strong stuff or whatever the fuck she gets she calls them yeah. and like her daughter's like what the fuck are you talking about this is like fucking maggots but she explains it's because they feed on death mm-hmm. and like like engender death essentially um that's why. So that doesn't super fit the fear thing, but it fits with the death thing. So right. um, it's cool. I really, I really like, I really like the magic in this and like how it's kind of her and like her daughter just like token up. Like I, I love that. Yeah, a the fact bit that too. it's like drugs. It's, <laughs> it's literally like, drugs. You should not do a lot right away because you'll become addicted. Also, yeah. That's um. I thought that was kind of an interesting parallel. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, we can get ripped. Yeah, <laughs> she's just. Uh, yeah, and there's, like, a lot of, like, joy in it. Like, when they do the maggots and they're, mm. they puke blood on, like, nasty blood on each other, but they're cracking up. Like, they think it's the funniest thing yeah, that's ever yes. happened. Yeah, um, <laughs> She's making, like, the smoke shapes that Izzy keeps ruining, and she's like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> it's just very, so much yeah, fun. It's Gilmore Girls. Like, it is very Gilmore Girls. Yeah, they have a good They have dynamic. a good rapport. Yeah. I, I love them. Like, I want... To be in that fictional family, yeah, so much. I, I want to be in their real family. Like, if you're listening <laughs> out there, shit. Yeah, fucking goddamn, I'm cool. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 they seem so fucking cool. Um, man, I love even like this is like a random little detail. It doesn't matter, but whenever they're doing their little band practice, they have like different cool ass fucking makeup. They on always their face. look amazing. <sighs> wow, it is so fucking rad. Yeah. I wonder the scene where Izzy later on goes, goes to Amber again. And Amber's like, how the fuck do you know where I work? She hasn't talked to her for 
uh, like half a year because Amber told her to fuck off. Um, it's such a weird scene. Izzy's obviously malevolent at this point. Like, there's no doubt, obviously, for that. But I'm wondering if, like, the way that scene plays out is Amber gets creeped out and decides, like, hey, fuck this and leaves. But I wonder if Izzy, like, I wonder how it would have played out if she didn't. Yeah. I'm yeah, always because like, I feel like the rejection kind of fueled her saying, like, okay, you know what? Then fuck this girl. I'm always trying to, like, telltale game this shit, you know? I'm mm-hmm. like, if you had made a different dialogue <laughs> choice, you know, would you be in a fucking dark, gooey tunnel of hell? Or would you be okay? Yeah, because, I mean, when Izzy, you know... When Izzy's mother is saying, like, please don't eat me, I'm not ready, uh, she says, like, I'm not gonna kill you, I love you, and then mm-hmm. Kendall says, like, and plus I'm not ready to have a baby, because that's apparently how that works. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, um... So it is kind of, like, her her willingness to consider some... I mean, her mother is obviously different from, like, any other person, but, like, her willingness about that, it seems to be, you know, conditional. Yeah, right. But it also could have just been someone else, also, if it wasn't Amber. I mean, it certainly would have been, yeah, because she's clearly been doing shit down there for a while. Mm-hmm. She's um, been working on it. Yeah, she's working down on the chamber. basement late at night. Yep. It's a really good fucking movie. I want to see yeah. their other stuff. I think at least one of their other movies is on Shudder, and I need to watch it now. I want to see them play. Dude, oh, are you kidding I think they live in New York, but if they are ever out on the opposite coast, um, that would be so cool. Maybe they'll come play like a horror con or something. That would be fucking (laughs) sick. Okay, if you're listening, (sighs) get in touch for booking. It's such a good little like witchy movie to get like, like that that pre Halloween vibe. Yeah, I think honestly, this is why um, we went with this double Mm -hmm. feature for um, vampires and witches. We are really we're ramping up. To the spooky yeah, season, are. honestly, here, it does not feel spooky because it, well, the heat is a little spooky, um, <laughs> not in an atmospheric way, just in, like, a you-could-die kind of yes. way. But um, still, it is September, and we are ramping up into the spooky season, and I think both of these are good, like, early yeah. Halloween matches. I think so. They're not quite there, but they're, like, you know, like I said, vampires and witches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What more do you need in your life? Yeah, so if you're a vampire or a witch fan... <laughs> Or both. I was going to say, if you're a vampire or a witch. <laughs> if you are a vampire or a witch, I don't know. Maybe you would be like a like a fucking... I don't know what they call that. Or, like, if you see someone representing, like, your profession. Like, if you, like, read, like, an article about, like, what you do. It's like, you know, whatever. Like, we're, like, librarians. So, like, if we read... Or, like, you know, any depiction of, like, librarians in movies is always like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Is the, that what you the think YouTube we do? React series or whatever? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, you could YouTube react to it. Free content. That would be great. Real vampires of the world. And hit us up, you know? We need guests all the time. Would you love to interview a real vampire or witch. <laughs> Incredible. Yes. Yeah. So, welcome to early spooky season at Not Your Final Girl. Um, we will be getting spookier in the oh, coming weeks. It's you, about to get so you have scary. No fucking idea <laughs> how spooky it's about to get. Yep. Wow. Favorite time of year. Here we go. It's time to go. To the spooky zone. Yep. That's it's our not, new theme song. That's not the official song. <laughs> that's we'll our new up, theme we'll song. That's better one. <laughs> that's, uh, we'll see you in the coming weeks with more spooky shit. 
Thanks as always to Claire Holland for our namesake, Not Your Final Girl, from her book of horror themed poems called I Am Not Your Final Girl. She's Claire C. Wrights on Twitter. Thanks to Brian Demarest for our cool show art. He's Evil Flynn on Instagram. And thanks to Pat Spurlock for being technical and emotional support. He is at Phantom Stranger on Facebook. Thanks to our network, Morbidly Beautiful, which you can go to morbidlybeautiful.com. They are X Morbid Beauty X on Twitter. Check out the other shows in the network. And um, thanks to Ariel for writing our song. It's called Under Your Skin. And you can find it in the song places or on Bandcamp and throw some money at it. And we will see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye, witches in particular. You know who I am.